Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Well, blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're going to pick up in Second Peter, where we left off last time, and we're in the second chapter, and uh, you're going to see some things that are going to sound very familiar to us if you've been with the podcast here from the beginning. Uh, back toward the beginning of our time together several months ago, we actually did a series of episodes on uh, the book of Jude, and there's a lot of parallels between Second Peter, the second chapter, and the book of Jude. Uh, <coughs> a lot of times people say that Jude had a copy of Peter, or Peter had a copy of Jude, or whichever one it might be. But I want to remind us what we've seen to this point. Uh, Peter was reminding them that false teachers are going to rise, and they're going to introduce these heresies, okay? and they're going to do it secretly. They're going to deny the Lord Jesus Christ, that these are men that are driven by their sensuality. And then he gave them some examples of what's going to happen to them. He says that their judgment has been determined. Their destruction is not asleep. And he said in the same way that God didn't spare the angels when they sinned, in the same way that God didn't spare the ancient world, in the same way that God condemns Sodom and Gomorrah, he's going to judge them. But then he also says that in the same way that God rescued righteous light, that God knows how to keep the godly, those who fear him, from temptation and to keep those who are under punishment until the day of judgment. So the Lord knows how to do both, okay? So I want to back up and actually pick it up. Where's a place I can start? Uh, I'm just going to start at verse 9. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of the judge, the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge the flesh in its corrupt desires and despise authority. So that's the first half of verse 10 right there. Especially those, that's interesting. He's going to keep those that deserve punishment, uh, the unrighteous, he's going to keep them under punishment until the day of judgment. But then especially especially uh, those who indulge the flesh in its corrupt desires. And they despise authority. And I think this is probably uh, is speaking of the heavenly authorities because he's talking about angels, but he's also talking about the authority of the Most High in, in mankind's relationship. He continues to describe them. So listen to these what these people are like in the middle of verse 10. Daring, self-willed, they do not tremble when they revile angelic majesties. So apparently they are doing something either verbally and or by action and deed where they're reviling angelic majesty. That can take place in so many different ways, okay, in so many different ways. It may be a very subtle type of thing where somebody says, well, I just don't believe that there's angels. I just don't believe that the power of God moves like that. And, and then less subtle ways, well, I think God may do this, but he's not going to do that. I'm not really scared by it and that kind of stuff. He said, this is how they are. They don't even tremble. Verse 11, whereas angels who are greater in might and power do not bring a reviling judgment against them before the Lord. So he's saying this, even the angels themselves who have might and power will not bring reviling judgments against them. This is against the evildoers. And you see an example of that over in Jude, I think it's verse 9, where it said that Michael the archangel uh did not uh, rail against Satan when Satan was trying to get the bones of Moses after Moses died. But what Michael the archangel said, he said, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. Then in verse 12 of 2 Peter 2, he says this, And these, 
like unreasoning animals, born as creatures of instinct to be captured and killed, reviling where they have no knowledge, will in the destruction of those creatures also be destroyed, suffering wrong as wages of doing wrong. They counted a pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are stains and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions as they carouse with you, having eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin, enticing unstable souls, having a heart trained in greed, accursed children, forsaking the right way, they've gone astray, having followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he received a rebuke for his own transgression, for a mute donkey, speaking with the voice of the man, restrained the madness of the prophet. So this is all one sentence right here, folks, from the uh, from verse 12 onward, and how he's describing these folks. And again, these descriptions are parallel to what you see in Jude, and even the example. So look how he describes what these men are like, and it's men and women both, okay? Those that are lawless, those that are going after their own sensuality, these false teachers, okay? Now just think about that. Remember, they're false teachers. They're teaching within the church, okay? They're teaching, and they're false teachers. And you say, well, that doesn't really happen today. Oh, yes, it does. Remember, we were talking some about this last night in the Bible study, another book of the Bible, because you see this throughout the New Testament, this, these truths. And, and I made some comment about, oh, yeah, there's a lot of seminary professors that are like this. And I actually had several people that were quite shocked by that. They couldn't believe it. That would be true that somebody could be a professor of religion or professor of church history or this or that, and that would deny that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, the only way. And I said, oh, yeah, it's, it's rampant within the body. So look how you described it. He said they're daring, they're self-willed. They don't tremble, okay? They're like unreasoning animals. They're just following after instinct, and they're reviling where they have no knowledge. In other words, reviling means to speak against and to uh, be mean something and just come against something of which they have no knowledge. They don't have knowledge about it. They don't know about it. And yet they're coming against it and they're speaking against it and they're making fun of it. And he said, they're going to be destroyed. He said, in the same way that these creatures are destroyed, creatures of instinct, they're going to be destroyed. And he uses the same terms over and over. They're suffering wrong as their wages are doing wrong. Okay? He talks about them being wrong, being wrong, being wrong. He talks about them being greedy, that their stains are blemishes. They're reveling. He uses that term reveling two or three times in this passage. And he said they have eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin. They entice unstable souls, having a heart trained in greed. Accursed children. That's verse 14. He says they're accursed. Their hearts are trained in greed. You know, sometimes I look at some things, I go, do they train them to act this way and behave this way? You know, they do. They do. It says right here, their hearts have been trained in greed. Most of us in the societies we've grown up, we, our hearts have been trained in greed. Okay? We think that success is uh, synonymous with greed, basically. Okay? And he says, their eyes are full of adultery. They never cease to sin. They're un they entice unstable souls. And the bottom line with it all is what we see with Balaam. And um, the sin of Balaam was this, that he loved the wages of unrighteousness. And then he taught 
the enemy of Israel, how to defeat Israel. But at this point in time, what he's wanting to bring out here, Peter's wanting to bring out, he said that this prophet's madness, so he was mad, was restrained by a mute donkey. In other words, a donkey spoke with the voice of a man and stopped him from doing what he did, even though he carried on and did some other things that were detrimental to himself and to Israel. So that's what these false teachers are like. It doesn't end here, but we're running out of time. We'll pick it up the next time. But just reflect upon this and beware of this. If these false teachers are running rampant within the organizational and institutional church, they look like angels of light. They look great. They look wonderful. They sound so good. But you need to pay attention to what they're saying. And I mean pay attention to everything they're saying. Pay attention to how they say it. If they give more heed to expressing something and, and telling something and doing all this, then they do the word of God, then beware, okay? Beware of anybody who is not just totally, completely, and absolutely grounded on the word of God and all that they say and all they teach and all they preach and all they do. Well, I tell you what, we'll pick it up next time. I'll see you then.